Welcome, welcome everyone to Haunted Picture Palace. I am one of your hosts, Amelia, and this is Ben. Watcher, and the other one of your hosts, Ben. Incredible. Talking of twos, we're going to be covering two films, not one but two. One ring, one ring goo. Nice, two of them all. Doesn't work. Nope. But that was a nice, that um, was a good little segue. Yeah, there. I can't call it rings either, so let's just leave that be. Yep. The first one we're going to talk about is Ringu from 1998. We're not going to do them in any particular order, so there will be some chopping and changing. Hopefully you've had a chance to have a watch of one or both, but you should be able to keep up with this. We're going to do a little bit of comparison. The Ringu we'll be talking about is from 1998. As I say, it is directed by Hideo Nakata, who also directed... Ring 2, as in in Japan and in America. Yeah, the just Ring to 2 you. and Ring 2. Yeah. When we speak about the Japanese ring, we'll be calling it Ringu. And when we speak about the American ring, we'll be calling it The Ring, like that, just to make it really obvious. Ring is 2002, is directed by is. Gore Verbinski. Who directed... Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, you can really tell. And some other <laughs> things, but that's probably his, his most famous work. And they are... The reason we're doing them like this is that they are substantially the same. Yes. I think that's fair, uh, but with a few interesting differences that hopefully we will expand upon and elucidate over the course of this pod. The chart, everyone. Uh... So, if you're like me, you may have found the proliferation of ring movies... (laughs) Somewhat uh, difficult to get your head around. So I spent time when I should have been doing something better making a little chart of that sets out the relationship between them all and how many there are and, and whatnot. Because Ring or Ringu, the original Japanese film, was directed and released in 1998 and it was released concurrently with its own sequel. For some reason, they adapted the two books because it was originally a book, a couple of books. So they released Ringu and Razen, which would translate as Spiral, in uh, 1998. And they had some of the same cast, and they were produced at the same time, but with different crews, different directors. Yes. I haven't been able to sort of find this as a very common thing. Uh, I know they did Superman and Superman 2 back-to-back at the same time, for instance. Yeah. So it does happen sometimes. But uh, as it happens, Ring was a big hit, as, as you know. (laughs) <laughs> unsurprisingly, and Razen was not. No one was particularly interested in yeah. in Razen. So the following year, so we're up to 1999, two things happened. The first of which is it was remade in Korea. There was a South Korean remake of Ring called The Ring Virus that was a moderate domestic hit in Korea but didn't particularly travel outside mm-hmm. of that territory. So that's where that trail ends. But at the same time, in Japan, they made Ring 2 which is a sequel to Ring, the first film, that ignores the other sequel I just talked about. So it ignores the continuity of Razin, or Spiral, and is not based on the books. It is no, a, it's a separate narrative, yeah. Yeah. Followed the following year, in the year 2000, by Ring Zero, which is a prequel to yes. the first film. But th- So those three form a sort of unit, if you like. Uh, fast forward a couple of years to 2002, and it's picked up in the States and remade as The Ring by Gore Verbinski. And that's the second of the films we're talking mm-hmm. about today, uh, which was a big success. We'll talk about that later, but it also did very, very well. 
So it was followed by a sequel in 2005 called The Ring 2, which was also directed by Hideo Nakata, who directed Ring and Ring 2 in Japan. (laughs) (laughs) You following? Yeah, we're still with us. Yeah, Yeah, everyone's still here. Good, good, good. It's not quite it. Because in 2012, there was a film made called Sadako 3D, which was a sequel to Razin, that original sequel that was made at the same time as The Ring that everybody ignored. Well, I say say everybody ignored. Oh, that's manifestly not true, as it had a sequel 14 years later. And this did well enough to get another sequel the following year, imaginatively titled Sadako 3D 2. Then, a few years after that, in 2017, there's... Rings, which is another American film and a sequel to the American Ring films. It's the third American Ring film. And then finally, in 2019, there's a film called Sadako, which is sort of a sequel to both of the strands of the Japanese Ring film universes, if you'd like, because it's directed by Hideo Nakata again, but it is an adaptation of one of the later books so in that sense, it is in the continuity of Spiral, uh, Rousen. So it sort of brings the two strands together. But I hadn't heard of it. Had you heard of it? No. no. Um, and it has very poor reviews. So that might be it. There may be no more, at least for a little while. But certainly as as things stand and as we're sitting here now, that is the sort of complete cinematic universe of rings. Applause. <laughs> You did tell me a nice way that they found, that this film was found. How it was found for international distribution? Yes. Well, as you will know by now, Ring the Ring films are about a haunted videotape. Yes. Well, no spoilers if you got this far. You sort of know that. And uh, it was released in the UK by Tartan film distribution that was the the VHS yes. that was the tape that everybody had and sort of inaugurated the Asia Asia Extreme was their branding for this stuff I remember it well from Blockbuster yeah because I'm 105 <laughs> but it is one it is a film that we should that we we did not watch on videotape there's a very nice 4k remaster going around <laughs> which is lovely but it's a film that we really of course should have seen on I'll take, yeah. you know, for full verisimilitude of frightening thing. And a verisimilitude of frightening, that's the phrase. Go for it. And I read an interview with Hamish McAlpine, who, is the, who was the head honcho of Tartan. And one of the things he was asked was, how did you end up releasing so much J-horror? How did you, re- how yeah. did you end up with all of this Asian horror? Film? And to hear him talk about it, he was just had a pile of tapes of films that didn't have distribution, that didn't have labels on or anything. And the first one he picked out, I think the first one he picked out was Audition, the Takeshi Miike film. And then he was blown away by that. And then later in the afternoon, the next tape in the pile was Ringu. Nice. So then he immediately got on the phone to like his man in Japan to say, is there more of this or have (laughs) I just looked upon the the mother load uh, effectively? And it turned out there was more of this and it sort of launched a launched a movement I suppose you know certainly yeah. it was it was a thing and it really it was a thing that brought then modern I realize that we're at 20 odd year removed now Yikes. but certainly then modern 
Far Eastern horror cinema. Yes. To 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 notice, you know, to to the masses, and appealingly, uh, Gore Verbinski is on record as saying that when he was sort of selected to do the remake, mm. they sent him a tape of the first film, and he said that it was a terrible copy, as in it was just <laughs> a really poorly produced thing. He could hardly read the subtitles. So yes, <laughs> tapes. We got a content warning on this before we start. Yeah, small content warning. Um, suicidal themes. It's mentioned a few times. We watch it once, particularly in the American one. It is sort of hinted at in Ringu. Yeah, word to the wise. It's also a little bit like it is frightening. It's, it's a 15, creepy. Yeah, but there's definitely an edge to it. There's very archetypal type imagery in it that feels like you can't unsee it. So like. <laughs> You know, yes. Take, no, I, take that as you will. I do know people that sort of sane, rational adults that this has really frightened. Yeah, there are some films that we cover, even on similar certification, that I have no qualms in yeah. recommending to a general audience, anybody who might be interested. Or a 15-year-old. Um, well, yeah. yeah, exactly. Whereas this one, I mean, it's they're both both of these. Actually, I keep saying one as if we're just talking about one film, but this yeah. applies equally to both of them. They're both very good. I think they're both worth your time. But they are frightening. And they are yes. creepy. So... Consider yourself warned. It should be noted here that I saw it aged about, ooh, 12, 13. <laughs> and look at you now. And yeah, it did a lot of damage, but in a good way. I used to know the words to the ring. So watch it. <laughs> we open both films with hashtag just girly chat about this time I watched a tape in the woods with that boy you didn't know I was hooking up with. Yeah. It's not a funny story. In either case, really. And there's a lot of laughter that I cannot fathom. If my friend had told me that thing about the tape, I think I would just look at her like she properly cracked. Yeah, yeah. That's not a funny story. No. A funny story is like you... It, the, the floor was rotten, and so you put your foot through the floor when you went to the bathroom or something. That's is a... that funny? Nightmare. Mice live there. Oh... <laughs> No, a funny story, a funny story is, is, you know, I I was walking and the wind blew my skirt up a bit past that boy I liked. Could be funny. Okay, right. Fair enough. You yeah. know, in Ringu, we are with Tomoko and Masami. Yes. Those are our two. Tomoko dies. Spoilers. <laughs> Masami goes crackers. Yeah. Um, but actually she doesn't lose her mind at the sight of everything, right? Yeah. None of which is sort of apparent in the framing of, of our opening scene. No, though. we're just watching two teenagers be Hollywood-style teenagers, yeah. frankly, in Catholic schoolgirl uniforms in the ring, but that's fine. What I really like about Ringu, and I will stay there for a while and then do the scene in comparison, just so we don't get too confused. So what I really like about Ringu's opening scene is the muted 90s colour palette. Everybody's in it. It feels very Japanese cinema, very specifically Japanese cinema. Yeah, I think it's Ozu. I think that's the. I think it's um, an autumn afternoon and Tokyo Story. Oh, that's black and white. But there's a particular Japanese filmmaker right. that's sort of synonymous with this look. Right, I've got you. And you know, we learnt from Rosemary's Baby that it's always a good sh a good idea to have your horror films start in pastel shades, mm. lure you into a false sense of security, make you think everything's soft and gentle. And then it makes the shocking events more shocking. Yeah, sure. It also feels like they are very teen. They feel very teen. They don't feel American teen where they're 35 and shaving stubble. 
they feel like young girls who are laughing at something. Obviously, the phone goes once she said she's watched the tape. So, yeah, so we are introduced to the rules of we are. the ring or, yeah, the ring. Ring. We're introduced, We're introduced to the, the rules, rules of, of ring, ring. Mm. Uh, very, very quickly, which are... There's a creepy tape. Creepy tape appears from nowhere. You watch it. You freak out. You get a phone call. The phone call tells you you're going to die in seven days. Or it's just the little girl on the phone, depending on your variant. A little yeah. girl on the phone. You a little get, girl's voice. You get a telephone call. Uh, within seven days, you did. Yeah. These are laid out in front of us by gossipy kids. And... It's all fun and games until the phone goes and we find out that Tomoko has actually watched the tape and that she's genuinely frightened. They have a lovely f- false start, if you like, a mm-hmm. red herring. And it's her mother on the phone. Which is incredibly heartbreaking because obviously the last time that that mother would speak to that child, it was when that child thought it was the thing that was coming to kill it. Yeah. And then we have the cutaway in Ringu of sort of a telly turning itself on and then a flash of the victim. Yes, it's quite choppy. It's it it's unclear. Nothing good is going on. And it's no, not... but you don't get any detail. There's no blood anywhere. Exactly. There's some nasty but very, very good sound design. Mm-hmm. It's excellent. Yes. And then, just to go through it, in The Ring... We are with these girls. There's a much longer, much more extended scene of the TV because initially the leading lady, Katie, who is a victim, she's very anti-TV. She tells a story at the very beginning about how TV waves are frying your brain, man. And her friend is not impressed. She'd much rather talk about how her pal got silly with Jason. Indeed. So it's a lot more... Let's just sack this off and have a pillow fight in a kind of over-the-top way. And then we have a much more extended scene of playing silly beggars with a television and a dead girl. We're not revealed the dead girl at all. But there's a lot of that lovely... I really enjoy... There's something really beautiful about late 90s, early noughties fridge play in horror that sort of went away and came back and comes again every now and then. I wish I knew where it started. If anybody knows, please write in hauntedpicturepalace at gmail.com. We open the fridge for no reason. We get cold water out of the fridge. I'm looking at you, America. Why do you do that? I don't know. It's not even a filter jug. It's just cold water you keep in the fridge. We then focus the camera behind the door so that when it shuts, we're expecting to see something there. Fridge play. Love it. In this case, fridge opens on its own because... Little dead girl was born in a barn. Literally. <laughs> yes, but it's also it's to do with the different emphases in the two films on yes. like where the fright comes from, which I'll, I'll pick up again later. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it later. But yes, and then it's a lot more obvious. Um, the makeup design in The Ring has a heck of a lot more money behind it. So it's much more immediately frightening in a way. It's not quite got the, the yeah. lo-fi experience that we've seen already but it's interesting and it's a lot of a lot of play with speed in a different way to Mm -hmm. Ringu the ring really focuses on speeding up camera angles to bring you into the horror 
very quickly from your place where you were far away. Do you know what I mean yes, by that? I so do. you start over the other side of the room and you're too quickly near this girl who's screaming so loud her mouth's open too wide. It's it's frightening. You yeah, know. Oh, yeah. In Ringu, that initial cutty choppy scene is then immediately followed by a load of very cute school kids all talking about the rules of Ring. They're all chatting about it, they're laughing about it because essentially it fits into this Slenderman and Momo dynamic, right? Yeah, it's an urban legend. Yes, and they all know it. They yeah. all just know it. I think the quote I've got is someone comes to the phone and says, you will die in one week. The children are laughing about it. They all look a bit shifty and they're doing that awkward face that people do when like a documentary maker comes to the school. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it is I've, it, it is documentary style, isn't it? I've yeah. got a note here about it, which I think is also quite jarring in there because given we've just seen something unusual, something strange, yeah. something perhaps supernatural, then we go straight into the sort of the quote-unquote real world. Yes, exactly. Something about the documentary style that just situates us in a rational world. Yes. I mean, I use Momo as an example. It's a good time to talk about that, I think. Mm. Momo is an example for that's more recent than Ring or The Ring. But it's a really good look at panicking middle classes that I think really fits both films. Where, yes, there's these urban legends, urban myths. If you ever want to see that done in a very, very modern context, more modern than, say, cassette tape, One Missed Call, the Japanese version, is an exceptional take on it. It's really nicely done. But it's it all plays into this thing of the late 90s, early noughties, pass this on or dead Sarah will get you. This sort of email yeah, chain, yeah, chain email Yeah, yeah, the round robin chain things where yes. you're like, pass this to six people, send this off to someone you care about and protect them from the undead bear. You know, like these <laughs> ludicrous things. That damn undead bear. I know, curses. But Momo more recently cast fear into people's hearts because, bless her cotton soul, a girl did actually kill herself. And they reckon it was, well, the media made it look like it was directly in response to Momo, who was a character that would pop up. The image used by by Momo, in inverted commas, was by an artist that works in prosthetics, which is quite amazing. She makes hyper-realistic horror sculpture yeah. and works in a bit of special effects. So interesting in itself, but really horrifying face. Everything's out of proportion. And Momo came to represent essentially internet trolls who had got hold of this concept and began telling young people to harm each other, harm themselves, yeah. do terrible things uh, to save their loved ones from Momo. I think, I think it's also important to just make clear at this point that this was not the intention of the artist. Like it wasn't. No, it, not it wasn't at all. created for this purpose. No, I had seen the image way before. It, it's right. an older piece of art. Mm-hmm. I'd seen that image before. But here's the thing: stuff like that. And the reason I picked that example is because that's one that really hit the Western world directly. But that stuff is rife in Japan. I feel like the invention of 4chan is something mm. that means that we were more exposed to it than ever before. But things like Slenderman, where people were, you know, these are pure, pure, unadulterated urban myths that are not old, ancient tales. No. They exist only in an urban environment that we created that it was within our lifetime. But genuinely showing to have 
real offence. You know, genuinely two girls actually murdered a girl. Be that accidental or no, there was a death that took place as a direct response to Slenderman, for example. So it's the nightmare of that really being the case. The nightmare idea maybe that um, what if Momo was real? What if Slenderman had been a real thing that had driven these children to do this? An entity. But... I mean, especially with the Momo thing, like the reason I came across it was because of all of these panicked news yes. articles about like this terrible, malevolent thing that was going around. And I do feel like sort of ninety percent of its spread yep. and ninety percent of of the fact that anybody has heard of it is because of sort of middle-aged mums in Facebook groups who were sending yeah, it. Yeah, they gave it power. Sending it all around the place, right? It's an entity, and they gave it power. Exactly, exactly like. And we're room. in, you know, here when we're. At this point in the films, we're much more in that world of mm. the sort of like this strange story. Like it isn't really given credence by any of the characters at this point. No, because you know we're in the rational, real, sensible world where things like that don't happen. Yeah, we've been introduced to Reiko. Yep, Reiko Asakawa, who's an incredibly elegant reporter. Very elegant, very youthful, very driven, beautifully dressed. And again, it's me, so fashion. But the the contrast between the two leading women is really striking. We have Rachel in The Ring, who is played by Naomi Watts, who is very well known, you know, Mulholland Drive, blah, blah, blah. Um, anything else? Can you think of anything else she's been in? Oh, loads of things. Loads, but I can't think um, of my tongue. 21 Grams she was in. And the thing about Diana, she played Diana recently, didn't she? Did she? I'll double check, and if it, if she didn't, I'll cut that bit out. <laughs> okay, but if she did, you should see the prosthetics, because she okay. looks like Di. She's super famous, etc., etc. I don't think she was mad famous at this point. I think Lynch had already worked with her in Mulholland Drive, date-wise, yes. Yeah, but yeah. And 21 Grams is around about that time, so they're sort of... yeah. High profile enough to get yes. cinema release, you know, for an indie film and everything, and, yes. and get national reviews. But she's not, you know, Meryl Streep level famous. No. She's not Emma Stone level. Well, she's uh, the right fame level to do horror. You've never seen a real A-lister in horror, right? Sure. Really, these days? No, not or at least. The, saying the, they weren't, and but yeah. a lot of the time they weren't when they were doing when they started doing the horror films. Exactly. Yes. You know, yes. like Jamie Lee Curtis went on to have quite a career she did but i wouldn't put her in a meryl street category i think that's a debate for another time yes but the contrast is really striking because we have this dainty creature reiko who's really oh reiko and rachel i see what they do who comes in with this real freshness she's really keen she's really hard working but in a very respectful way to everything she's dealing with really and a very kind of cute mum she's trying and then you have rachel who spends most of her time in her old university clothes looking scruffy as anything her entrance is much more bolshy she's meant to be like the american version of hard and driven which is irritating and boisterous <laughs> shouting on the phone uh, to her yeah swearing colleague. and shouting on the phone yeah. to a colleague exactly and again dressed appallingly throughout until she decides to go to the funeral of her niece dressed as essentially a grieving widow you know, like a sexy, a black widow. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's an odd one, but we'll talk about it. Yes, it's nice to see Reiko being represented that way. I don't feel like it's any kind of stereotype, weirdly, for the 90s. It's it's properly an interesting character just from her first appearance. Yeah. 
Yeah, Rachel hammers the point home a little bit <laughs> yeah. more. Like they, they, they are very similar in a lot of ways. It's just that Rachel is immediately given to the audience. Hard nose. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Whereas it just takes the, the uh, Ringu just takes his time a little bit more, sort of teasing out. Yes. Her personality and how she is. Yeah, and again we have a very beautiful cream jacket on Reiko. And then we move to funeral outfit. Funeral outfit is very subtle and a beautiful, tiny little micro plaid, like black micro plaid. Gorgeous thing. It's really stunning. It looks like Audrey Hepburn style, you know, almost a boat neck, very demure. And then we have creepy children. Creepy children. Creepy children. Creepy, weirdly self-sufficient young children. (laughs) Yeah, we find once again that terrible parenting is a hefty theme oh yeah in horror films for so many obvious reasons but also horror directors are you okay are you doing all right do you need to talk about something or would you rather just make a multi-million pound film okay no you're fine you're fine creepy children will always be creepy oh yeah always and i do find the creepy child in the ring genuinely in fact in both films genuinely more more creepy than the sixth cent kid oh yeah okay sixth but knee-high socks make him so much creepier well also because we meet him when he's getting dressed up for the funeral well good point we meet yochi when he's getting dressed up for the funeral we see him in school uniform a fair amount yeah and we see him dressed up for the funeral in a little suit so he, he has the vibe of like a tiny man yeah Dad's not around, so there is the sense of this like little tiny self-sufficient man of the house, which is always slightly unnerving. It is unnerving. It has like the innocence about it, you know, mm. which, as you know, messed me up hardcore. Future episode. Yes, definitely. Watch it, please. Again, we'll go through the funeral scene in Ringu because it's interesting. We've got a lot of foreshadowing. We've got a lot of... Nice mise-en-san. Uh, her room is quite teenage, but also quite sterile. So there's plenty of clues to find around. Yep. Because as she cracks, as the tape starts to get to her, Tomoko's left clues all over the place. It's interesting, the difference. You know, there's I, I really like the subtlety in Ringu of having people chat about the deceased in a different way. It's, it's a bit more like... Um, why she's got a closed casket, for example. Yes, it's, it is ominous, isn't it? Yes. Just nobody's, it's like nobody can tell us why she died. It's, it's very strange. Yes, but then, of course, very quickly, Reiko discovers that they all died on the same day. You know, they'd all seen the weird video, they all died on the same day. Because, yeah, because the school kids are talking about it. Yes, exactly. Masami went mad, and they talk about that at the funeral a little bit as well. We are kept in child height for a lot of that scene. Good spot. So that you are experiencing a funeral as a child would, which is lots of legs, lots of hushed conversation. And yeah, all these fragments of conversation that yes. we get as we wander through because they're not part of it in, 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 in a way. Yes, and we have a really frightening flash to... Well, we have a conversation with the mother of the deceased, who is Reiko, Reiko's sister, right? Yes. Saying, essentially, I found her. And I've never seen anything like it. What could have done that? You know, that's mm-hmm. that's not a heart attack. And then we are shown her in in the cupboard that she's clearly hiding in. Yes, in from her, whatever from it may whatever be. Whatever it was. 
in Ringu, they chose to have everybody that died that way die with their eyes up to heaven, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And wh- and wide as anything is. And well. very very wide, and it's really traumatizing. It is freaky. Also, we find photos. Because it's a nice bit of detective work getting the photographs developed. It yes. finds the slip from the photo lab yes. to go and collect the prints. And then to go to the ring. Are you happy to do it that way? Yes. To go to the ring, I will go back a little bit and say that creepy child Aiden in this one picks out the sexy dress for mummy to wear to the funeral. Yeah. Just putting that in there. And the heels and says, we'll be late. Like a, <laughs> like a little Capricorn. And she turns up. Rachel does. She's deeply sorry. The conversations are a lot louder. They're a lot more obvious. There's things like, I didn't know that could happen to a 16-year-old. Yes. (laughs) All this stuff. You're like, okay, America, calm it. And the conversation is a little bit more heartbreaking. I find it a bit more heartbreaking in the American, in the ring. Yeah. Because she really says, this is what you do. You can find this out. Yeah, it's more direct. Yeah, you can you can do something about this, please. And it's, it's a real nasty please. She said, I saw her face. And then we get this amazing makeup moment. Who did the makeup? It's somebody uh, famous. Rick Baker. Rick Baker, who did what? All sorts of things. Uh, American Werewolf in yes. London is the, the famous one, the transformation uh, scene enough, there. <laughs> but really like the, like the doyen of... Monster makeup, right? Yeah. Um, creepy, creepy makeup, creature feature makeup. Um, Amazing. Yeah, and like really outstanding in his field, and with, with apologies to other people in the field, yeah. like still the guy. Like yeah. if you were to name one person you wanted for this kind of thing. Well, our Rick has done a cracking job on this nasty little thing in the wardrobe that is meant to be who we saw as this beautiful Catholic schoolgirl looking creature just deformed in her face is deformed in fear she's gray and drawn and her mouth's open too wide and it is unnecessarily shock value right we have that screeching noise that the sound team do yeah all of the sound design in both films is deeply crunchy on like a psychologically damaging level so the minute (laughs) they do something big like that it is a lot it's not particularly it's meant to be a jump scare you know it's coming yes whether you've seen it before or not but it's just not very nice. And again, you're a little bit closer than you want to be to everything. Whenever they yeah. show horror in it, you are too close in the ring. Yeah. Whereas you still see everything from quite a distance in Ringu. Anyway. It's um, the classic horror film idea as well, that like they seem to have died of fright. Yeah. You know, it must go back decades. What have they seen that made them do that? I know, I know. Ringu, we see more neglectful parenting as this, you can microwave your own dinner, can't you, you little eight-year-old? At some point we find out he's in year one, so actually I think he's, what, five or six? And she goes to stay in the cabin, sorry, Reiko goes to stay in the cabin that she sees in the photos that she got developed. Yes. She goes to stay in the not very creepy, but a little bit creepy, quite nice looking Airbnb ahead of the curve. Yeah. 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 It is called Cabin B4, so who knows? Yes, I did wonder if that is significant in some way because yeah. uh, because of the English word before, and uh, there's a lot of that, there's a lot of um, coding and clues and things hidden in the tape that they do watch. So it would make sense to stick a few others in there that maybe we missed yeah. because cultural differences or because they were really obvious, like B4. You know? yeah. 
But who knows? Before what? I mean, it's before she watches the tape, I suppose. So, creepy hotel attendant rocks up. He wants a piece for some reason of Reiko. But it's sort of like it begins as this mystery. You know, it's a mystery that she's trying to solve. She wants to know more about the tape. She wants to know more about what happened. She doesn't fully suspect the tape at that point, to be honest. She's just done the two unrelated things. It's more like well, if she's a, a thought planted. Yeah, if she's a investigative journalist, she's got this story, yeah. she wants to know what's going on. And it is, it's a good bit of detective work. Mm-hmm. It's the, the chain of events from she finds the slip, she gets photographs developed, she figures out where the photographs were taken yeah and she goes there and says do you do you remember these kids yeah. staying in the in one of your cabins then of course she sees a creepy tape yeah brill and we watch it yeah she has to borrow this creepy tape that she knows has been told will kill her but she's <laughs> well, like well she assumes assumes that's true it killer. could just be a because random it, sex tape exactly it? there's a row of tapes but the the television reception isn't very good up in the mountains yeah. where we are so there's a row of tapes for guests and they're all in Colourful cases, you know, with the titles on them, you know, as you might expect. Except for one, which is by itself and just a sort of black spine and on tilty. it. And so. tilty, yep. Yeah. It sort of makes a noise like it's controlling her as well, which I don't mind. Mm. You know, and in both films we have that, like, boo noise <laughs> to be like, whoa, bad yeah. tape. Yeah, there's something wrong about this tape. Yeah, yeah. so she s- sticks it on, makes a choice, and we get to watch some very sinister imagery. It's weirdly not sinister imagery in the Japanese Ringu it's creepy as all hell yeah fair enough but I really still don't think that it's it's distressing more than disturbing would you agree? yeah yeah. there's nothing explicit like a lot of areas of this film there's nothing explicitly horrible in it again sound design does a lot of work yeah the Hairbrushing, I always find just awful. There's something really awful about it. I think it's because I brush my hair a lot, and the idea of something being in a mirror is too much. Mirrors are portals anyway, mm-hmm. frequently, and it's a lot. Anyway, the hairbrushing and the hairbrushing sound because everything's so crunchy. We see a woman brushing her hair in the mirror. We see a, a figure appear in the mirror separately. Without the woman brushing her hair there. We then see the woman who was brushing her hair look back behind her. As if like someone's called her name. She looks a little bit worried. Having been smiling, brushing Mm -hmm. her hair before that. We see some sort of flashes of different images. So there is one of a man with a kind of towel over his head pointing. Yes. And he's kind of knee deep in the sea. We've got lots of floaty words that... We have translated as just one word, which is eruption, but the letters are kind of everywhere. Yeah, it looks like a newspaper report has sort of got wet and wondered, started to wonder about. Yes, definitely. We've got the word sada written on somebody's eye. Yep. Like reflected in their yeah. eyeball. Anything else? I think that's. I think that's most of them anyway. And then the picture of the well, at the end. Yes, a very brief shot of a of a well. Yes. Then the phone goes. Right? Yes. The phone goes. But what I really liked about it was that the rain sounds sounded uh, blended in perfectly with the sound of the static on the TV. So that when we just hear the rain, we think the TV's turned on again like it did in the beginning. Oh, yes. Yeah. Very nice. Really nice. Now, in the ring, Mm. we follow 
so far, mm-hmm. we follow a very, very similar structure. We do, except we get a little scene after the funeral with that guy from the OC being a creepy goth kid where Rachel goes up to this group of kids and starts doing the, I'm not a regular mum, I'm a cool mum Yeah, give me a, give me a smoke. Oh, give me a smoke. I'm going to light it with my smoke and talk about hey, me and my girlfriend used to go get a high. It's really embarrassing. I find it really embarrassing, the whole scene. <laughs> it gets results. Like it does get results. They accidentally reveal that she was there with Josh or, or whoever he was, Sean, or another like jock name. Yeah. Katie was there with her new boy. Whoopsie doodle, shouldn't have told you. Then we get to exactly the same place. Well, there is this suggestion in, in both of the films in the opening mm. that sexual... It's you again. I, I should make a little jingle for Ben Spot's sexual element to a film that Amelia just shakes her head at. But <laughs> even in the opening scenes, when our respective protagonists, or respective first ring victims tell the story about being in the cabin there's there's a lot there's a fair amount made by their companions about like oh you were you there with a boy yeah and it comes up again here and to me it was the suggestion that it's going to be the classic horror film idea of that oh, uh sex is sin and you'll be punished exactly mm. it feels like it's sort of set up the suggestion is set up that her doom mm. has something to do with premarital sex basically and that Hmm. Yeah, uh, which is a red herring, but I think is definitely there, given how many films are coded that way. And yet I kind of grew up in the era of horror where if you were the virgin, you, you, you're not having a good time. It targets yeah. virgins, right? you know, because obviously people were trying to subvert that theme. Sure. So by the time it gets to me coming into horror, it's like, ooh, whoopsie doodle. <laughs> I'm going to have to get laid to get out of this. Yeah. yeah. I was going to talk about, yes, so the tape is slightly different. We get different images mm. uh, to a point. So we have lady brushing hair, looking happy, lady brushing hair, looking worried, little girl being creepy in the mirror. We get images instead, though, that are much more graphic and much more deliberately placed as clues. So ladder against a wall. Yep. Dead horses in water. Yep. No man with a hanky on his head. No. Nope. No letters. But we do get somebody bringing hair up out of their throat lots of those little sucker things that are used for surgery to track a heart monitor oh right yeah i wondered what they were yes oh did you did you not get that they were hospital bits that makes sense i, I mean they, they had a they had a medical look about them but yeah only only by association they had a finger the my least favorite bit is a finger scraping down a nail as in to hammer a nail in <laughs> It flicks off that and just makes a really horrible sound, like a very sharp edge. It's just horrible. A creepy crawly crawling out from under some papers. <laughs> There's a lot going on. And yeah. a chair that spins. Yeah. And then we're shown the well. A tree a tree that's on fire. A tr- I forget the tree every time because it's boring. <laughs> uh, a tree that's on fire and the well, yes. Yes. Yes, it's, it's a much longer sequence yes. in the American one. And it's a sort of much higher bit. resolution of footage if that makes sense dead right yeah dead right the phone rings mm-hmm. she freaks out well she's just both of them are creepy i think the japanese one is more disquieting to yes, me yes you're de- i think you're right actually the more i when i was listing everything that happens in the the ring it's a bit more you had something to say about the our harbor harbinger though didn't you uh clark so yes Kirk. well the 
when, in both cases, our investigative journalist goes to the reception of the cabin and the American clerk is trying to do magic tricks of the pick-a-card-any-card variety. Yeah. So he tries to show off to Rachel with a bit of classic razzmatazz of pick out a card, don't show me it, and I'll put it back in and see if this is your card. And it isn't her card. He gets it wrong multiple times, which is... And then she lies. Yeah, just to save his feelings. Or to make him leave To make him go away. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Save his feelings is very nice. She doesn't care about feelings. She swears on the phone. Yeah. (laughs) And I wondered if this was another sort of element of the rationality argument if you'd like, that magic isn't real, right? This is just conjuring, this is showbiz, and it doesn't work anyway. As against, there is a cassette tape here that if you watch it will (laughs) set in motion a sequence of supernatural events that culminate in your death. Well, I have a different theory. Go on. I think that in both films it's supposed to be that he is a suspect. And that she has a thought or a theory that this guy's there's something off about this guy. Sure. I don't like the way he's he is, or I don't like the way he's be he's just weird. And that she will be looking for ways for this tape to have affected somebody, and the only person that all these things have in common is the guy that keeps the Yeah. Keeps the cabin. And in the ring, the guy has a score to settle because they didn't pay. That's true. So anyway, they didn't pay, you know, is... Yeah, he makes sure that... He mentions this about three times. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say because he's a savvy businessman. He's plainly not a savvy businessman. No, he's he? he's terrible at it. And he, yeah. He looks apologetically at the cassette tape assortment, like, yeah. this is just what we have. But I do think it's meant to be there as a red herring to say, here's a creepy guy in a creepy wood. Sure. And actually... And there's nobody else around for miles. The um <laughs> The American cabins are much more... You wouldn't stay there, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> You'd stay there if you wanted a quick um, one-two with a boy you didn't want your parents knowing about. Yeah. Maybe, if you would, if you, if there were nothing better available. <laughs> I don't know, I was more down on these than you were. Yeah, I mean, I've been pretty desperate to have a one-two with a boy in many places. So Fair enough. Literally, you, that you one is that up fussy. market yeah. compared to some of the things that happened. But certainly compared to the Japanese... Yeah, they're really lovely, clean. Yeah, they're a little sort of slightly rundown, shabby. You know, yeah. But uh, again, they're authentically the kind of place that if you're on a sort of school kid budget, you can have a fun weekend away with your mates. Yeah. Some of whom you might have carnal designs upon. (laughs) And but because they are a bit more domestic in Japanese, I feel like the American one is just ever so slightly too obviously yes. a creepy cabin in the woods yes whereas there isn't so much of it there's enough but there isn't so much of that in the in ringu for me well again maybe there is but it's just not our it could be a cultural difference yeah yeah fair enough one other thing that's been happening throughout all of this so in ringu she discovers it while she's in the cabin and in the ring it's discovered just before she goes to the cabin these funny faced photos yeah the photos, bef- supposedly, you know, half of the reel is everybody looking cute, looking sweet, looking like little teenagers. The second half of the reel 
is everybody's faces are distorted. We find out later that's because they've watched the tape. Yep. But she's just sort of absentmindedly trying to fix. You know, like you know when you just rub your finger over something and you're not sure. Yeah, well, it's like there's something smeared on the lens or something. Yeah. But yeah. So the first thing I do when I'm having trouble deciphering essentially a magical murdering tape is call my really awful ex. My really awful one. My awful, psychic, mean ex, father of my neglected child. That's what I do. And I say, can you come and have a look at this, please? I know you're a douche. Maybe you've changed. Oh, you haven't changed. You're going to meet your own son out in the rain and just ignore each other, basically. Have a little stare off and then disappear in different directions. And then come and treat me like cack. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess uh, what must her other exes have been like if he was the one that she went with? That's a very good point. That's <laughs> a very good point. The ex gets involved, right? Mm. In both films, the ex gets involved next. In The Ring, the ex is a kind of David Arquette ripoff, I would say. But a little bit more handsome, in right. a way, than David That's Arquette. Harsh on David. He's, but... not, he's not an ugly man, but this guy has the sort of... He's a jock, David. I think David's a bit cool. Yeah, okay. And this guy isn't cool. This guy would play Flynn Rider in the live-action version of Tangled. Wow. Would you say that's fair? I can see that, Mm. yeah. Probably not now, because time ages, and that was 20 years ago. Oh, God. He's probably a father of nine. But still. But also, crucially, he seems to have some background in photography or image manipulation. or How would you describe this? He's... In both cases, they are a photographer or a video maker. Yeah. yeah. I feel like he was the cameraman sure. at one point for the reporter. That makes sense. Yeah. But we'll, we'll keep them separate for now because at least Noah tries to be cheeky chappy about it all. He says, very student film. As soon as he's finished watching it, and it actually is. Yeah, it is very wrong. student film. It's student film, but they know how to work digital. <laughs> yeah. You know, so uh, we don't blame him there. But he's still very unbothered, uncaring, blah blah blah. Yeah, and he is somewhat dismissive of Rachel's story about a haunted yeah. videotape that kills you, which is it's understandable given that we're given the world that we're in and the world yeah. that he operates in. But it is also exactly the sort of attitude that in films like this gets people either killed or just end up staring at the wall while their brain flakes away like wet cake. Ugh. Sorry. It's the type. It's like the dusty antiquarian in M.R. James short stories who goes, well, I don't believe in any of this rubbish and ends up not being able to tie their own shoelaces. Yeah. So both of our leading ladies make their awful exes watch the tape. Yep. They don't make them. They just say, I'm doing this thing. Can you do it? They both make them a copy of the tape. Yeah, because they both pinched them from the cabins. They did. They both just stole a tape from this place, where in one case they weren't even paid. She did put down her Amex card, so presumably he's taken the cost (laughs) of that mysterious tape that appeared. Yeah. And in both cases, leading ladies ask the gents to take a photo of them or to... Yeah. You know, to show, look, I watched the tape. We we get the same scene in both films that I really like, that kind of you can at least look at me thing. Yeah. That's really like, why? My face is going to be blurry anyway. They both look like teenagers. And 
it's just nicely done. So we get this kind of, oh, there's definitely a flaw with your camera and also I'm annoying. However, very strange split here. Noah, who has met his child in the rain, who comes through, who says, yes, I'll take a look. Naomi Watts goes to the balcony to look at everybody experiencing TV in their homes while he watches it. Yep. Phone doesn't ring, <laughs> does it? No. Because it goes to his phone. Well, that's the implication. Yeah. Yeah, it's implied later on because there's a character who seems to exist purely to come in and say, why are you not answering your phone? I've been trying to get hold of you for ages. Yeah. Which, to me, implies that he's just not answering the phone in yeah. case he gets a phone call from a creepy child voice saying that he'll die in seven days. As yeah. if that's a way to get around it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. She's pretty good at dreams. Yeah. So, in Ringu, we have this cutaway scene that is never resolved. Where Moody ex-boyfriend is sat in a public space processing what he's seen, assumedly. He's talking to himself almost and looking very, very frightened. And then he said, it can't be her. It can't be her. Like he knows everything about it. Or it can't be you, rather. Can't be you. And this pair of dirty white shoes on a woman's leg stands in front of him. We never see her face, just stands in front of him. He looks absolutely terrified and then they disappear and it's never spoken of again. No. Nope. And you, when you raised this after we'd watched it, I said, oh, yeah, <laughs> what was that about? And unfortunately, you know, if you're listening to this thinking, oh, maybe they're going to be able to explain. No, sorry, you're on your own. Yeah, just yeah. put the X doesn't look well. And that's that's the end no, of yeah, it. And he really looks like he's seen a ghost, I suppose, yeah. would be the way idiomatically you would describe it. Yeah. In, yeah, it doesn't come up again. So we have a sexy younger model girlfriend. Sexy new younger model girlfriend who is one of his students. Excellent hair. A dirty boy, yeah. Yeah, excellent hair. And both terrible exes have one. In the ring, it's that goth one from NCIS. So it is. Yes, yes I'd forgotten. We have incredibly crunchy buttons in both films. So the I keep doing these little claw shapes with my hands because I just want to touch all of the dials and buttons. The crunchy buttons and dials make... We're playing with slow-mo in Ringu. Yep. We're playing with slow-mo to try and understand, well, because we realise that man with his hanky on his head is actually saying something. So horrible ex-boyfriend slows the tape all the way down until we hear frolic in brine, goblins be thine. Yeah. That's not creepy. What do you mean? What are you on about? That's absolutely fine. It's clearly about drowning, you know? Yeah. Frolicking, I mean, frolicking in brine is a nice way of saying drown yourself isn't it <laughs> yes i wonder then just to do a brief jump mm. i wonder when that man says she didn't speak in human language oh yeah that she's actually just speaking incredibly fast yeah perhaps but then it's weird it's a weird thing for her to be saying oh yeah she's definitely weird in that context yeah, yes yeah. i suppose you're right yeah, yeah and then we get the eruption thing yeah so we figure out that eruption, volcano, there's a lot of clues coming together. Did the local woman predict the eruption, etc.? Yeah, but and again, as an investigative journalist, this is in her wheelhouse. Yep. And it's quite it's quite nicely done, and we do get that kind of detective movie yeah. thing going on where you go, right, well, <clears throat> we've got these clues, we've got to figure it out, and there's a 
feels like there's a through line where mm-hmm. you go find out what's happening and investigate it. Exactly that. In the ring. There's a lot more sort of tech geekery going on, even more crunchy buttons and things. I think that the, in both cases, the X's first instinct is to examine the tape. Yes, which thoroughly. makes sense. Yeah. But also, I will say, small interjection, to say that once again we are taught that horrible people eat apples. There's an apple-eating right. situation with the X in right, the yeah. ring where he must crunch... He must look weirdly ignorant and hold an apple at the same time. Again, clickable buttons. The tracking's all messed up and Rachel and Noah have a little moment before the new girl comes in looking all cute and and 18 or whatever. Yeah. (sighs) They have a moment together. And then obviously Rachel's quite humiliated because she accidentally had a feeling for that man again. And then it turned out that he was literally just living his life without her. Yeah. I don't understand their dynamic. So... She sees the ladder, and in the in the ring, this is where we start seeing actual visual clues that are like smack you in the face blatant, right? They are yes. direct images from the tape that she is then seeing projected into reality or as clues for the next bit. Yeah. Also in the ring, and not in Ringu, do we meet Becca? We meet the friend who is Thank actually you. Masami in Ringu. The one that we've heard has gone insane. Yes, and, and in Ringu she disappears from the story as... She never comes back. Yep, she's just definitely crazy. Which I think is actually genuinely more effective because it feeds more into that internet meme thing to just have heard that she's a bit... She's yeah, mad, exactly. We've heard, we, we, we hear this like second or third hand. Yes, bit. but Becca can't be in the room with a television. And yeah. we already know that bit. Again, it's been heard, overheard at the funeral. And then she walks past the TV in the home that she's in and gives it a shifty eye. Yeah. She then listens to Rachel for all of about half a second. Rachel can't pull her like, do you want a smoke thing with a woman that's in a mental institution? So she starts being really intense with a person who's clearly not very well. And this person just grabs her hand and says, you'll know in four days, which is terrifying. She makes her hand into a number four and says, yeah, you got four days, mate. It's an interesting thing, this, because the the ring is longer than Ringu by some distance, about 20, 25 minutes longer films. Yeah. And this is one of those extra scenes, which is in the American one and not in the Japanese one. It's a very good performance because it's an effective contrast to how we meet her at the beginning when she's yeah. a sort of happy-go-lucky slumber party teen telling stories about <laughs> creepy videotapes and things. And then we meet this very disturbed... Yeah. individual on the other hand it doesn't really add anything that we don't already know no but it is well done so it swings and roundabouts and well also it's an echo of sadako or sorry um samara yep. being in an institution herself yes i think that there was a reason no, that's for a very that we're point. around them right yeah i will say as well there is a woman that helps rachel out with her tape in this case the woman is just my f- my favourite thing. Uh, and again, I actually mention Octavius King here. Right. Saying, she reminds me of Octavius King yeah. in like a really weird American way, but she's sort of just a cool lady. Yeah. I don't know, she's a cool techie lady. I feel like every art department has one. Yeah, incredibly capable as well. Yeah. Like, oh, I can, you've got a weird old tape here that nothing else works on. We've got some machines in here that can do that. No I also really love what are we watching? And then <laughs> Rachel being like, yeah, it's private, and her being like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, such a gum-chewing face. Yeah, I know, but you can't really say, like, it'll kill you in seven days if no, you watch it. No, but you can it. say, like, I don't want you to see me naked. 
Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Although, I don't know why you would need to... Who am I to speculate on why people would need special AV equipment to watch their own gynecological exam videos? Let's move um, on. The fly bit. Oh, the fly bit. This, yeah. is, a, this is a nice uh, touch. I was sure it made me think of something about Roland Barthes and photography, but I couldn't track down this reference. Mm. Something about a point of interest in a photograph and it being a fly. But then when I googled it, it turned out I might have made that up. So I'll probably cut that out. Okay. But yeah, there's a yeah, there's a fly visible on the on the footage, and then when the footage is paused, the fly is still twitching. Yes. Yes, and it she can actually pluck it from the video and then get a nosebleed from it. Yeah, Wild. it comes out of the tape, which is obviously a bit of foreshadowing yes. for later. Their printer is outstanding. Incredible, next level quality. It's really fast. It does what it says on the tin. Yeah. It's amazing. But yeah, it's a nice bit of work. This sequence and this idea is a nice idea based on overscan of... Tape, which is yeah. the idea that there's more encoded on the edges of the picture that is usually cut off, cut off by your yep. television screen, and exploits that, trying to get as much as they can out of the tape. Yes, and they see a lighthouse. Yeah. The lighthouse is important. She manages to grab a picture of it. That's totally fine. We'll come back to that in a second. We'll go back to Ringu in just a just a moment. But here's a couple of little details. Mm. Number one, Rachel's, I mean, it's a weird point to mention it, but Rachel is never overly done up. She is American Hollywood natural makeup throughout. Okay. To the point where we can almost see freckles, you know, like we can see actual blemishes on the face. Part of yeah. that is because we've used a blue filter on everything. But part of it is genuinely because it's supposed to be a bit grittier, a bit more real. Yeah. Whereas again, Ringu has everybody quite heavily made up, weirdly. It, it has everybody yes, looking quite but still sort of, still like... Yeah, we're not in Dallas territory. Exactly, yes, know, because it's but, not like a, a musical. Like, there's still, like, still a realism element to it. Yeah, yeah, for but, sure. But, yes. And then what I really liked is Wobbly Face CCTV. The woman that mm. says, you're going to die behind the counter. Yeah, that's really lovely. And then Wobbly Face... And because it's the bloke, isn't it? Yes. Go ahead. He's, he's sorry, seen it's the, Noah who has seen the tape now, and he's got too. wobbly face. And the last point I've put is: anyone going to remember they have a kid? No. Well, <laughs> whenever you want to talk about like poor parenting, because that's a real leitmotif of this yeah. whole movie, and well, these whole movies. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, I have a moment where I want to talk about cool. bad parenting, but it. My other moment for talking about it's already gone, and that was my microwave meal for a five-year-old. But I'll talk about it later, well, well, because well, I well. want to bring it in with uh, It's a Conundrum. But yes, everyone forgets that they have children. So, so far we have Lighthouse versus Volcano. The volcano is where, in through their investigative work, the people in Ringu find out that the woman who had predicted the volcano threw herself into it 40 years prior to the tape even existing. Yeah. There's an investigation into whether or not she's psychic in some way and mm -hmm. it's all hinted at through newspapers and through different things that everybody's looking at and her dad is super sweet they go to visit her dad on this island that yes, has a volcano they've tracked it down and they go there yes which is a nice thing because i've said before that we're in the sort of very rational modern newsroom yes investigative journalism world but here ringu takes us away from that we go to a, a I assume it's quite a small island. Well, a remote island that has a boat, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
so we are further away from science and modernity and the big mm. city and and we're, but we're also closer to her roots we're closer to her origin uh, yeah exactly it feels like we're making progress it feels like we're making investigative progress and but, but we're also like a long way from home yeah. we're in the edges of the map here be monsters kind of thing she does remember she has a child reiko does yep and drops yoichi with her dad who is a real sweetheart yeah he's lovely and actually yoichi it's the only time yoichi acts like a kid is when he's with his grandpa, even though he's a bit of an adult kid still. Yeah. He properly plays, he's being silly, he's trying to learn things, you know, he's yeah. being childlike. Yeah, grand- grandpa is a very sort of good example of the childlike, the sort of, when I say childlike man, I don't mean that he's irresponsible. No, he's just able. He's, he's able to, yeah. to, he didn't do a great job with his kids, but he's great <laughs> with this one. She leaves them with her dad before she heads to an island. Yeah. A random island where she might die, just saying. Well, she's still got a, a couple of days. She is disturbed before she must be before she goes to the island because she's in the room. I think she's gone to take him to his grandfather's. Yeah, and she's, she's staying over she there. She stays there, and then he looks like her. And she, he is. well, yeah, she sees. She sort of awakens and sees the hooded figure mm-hmm. in the bed next to her. Ah. But then she sort of shakes her head, and it's it goes away. It was a dream vision or something. But she notices that Yoichi isn't there. And she wonders where he is, and he's in the next room watching the cursed videotape. What a fool. I know. Well, she shouldn't have... Had a cursed video. Had a video. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and a kid that was smart enough to know how to use a video player. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and she's understandably horrified. Yes. By this. Big old scream. Yeah. Which is really well done. And asks him why. And isn't it here where he says he couldn't sleep? Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't sleep, so I thought I'd watch this creepy video. Yeah. 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 But... The implications of this, of course, are immediately apparent both to her and to the audience. Yes. Which is that he's now started the clock seven days yes. on his life, and mum will be dead in two or three. I can't yep. remember how many she's got left. but um, I think she's also got four days left at right. that point. Yeah. We're on the same time. And dad has five. Dad has five, yeah. And so the implication is that this child is going to be def- helpless because and defenceless because both of his parents will be dead. Yeah. And then whatever is coming for her yeah. will come for her son as well, which is no good. And there is a definite dream in that time, isn't there? Because, yes, she sees the man with the hanky on it yeah. on his head, but there's a moment where she has to get her arm burnt. Yeah. And that's where I think she thinks, or she sees, Sadako in bed instead of her kid. Could be that, yes. Yes, we, so we get, she has these beautiful paintings. Because it's very dark as well. Yes, exactly. She has her, the beautiful paintings on her wardrobe that make everything look really serene. They're like paintings of mountains. And we're watching her sleep a little bit. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, to turn to see that is really nasty. And she gets grabbed by whatever is there. And the grabbing leaves a burnt handprint on her arm. Yeah. So, sorry, now we're at the island. <laughs> yes, having left her child in the care of her dad. We assume, yeah. Might have just let it, I don't know, wander the marshlands, but I think she does call it at some well, point. Well, she is a, she a terrible mother, but yeah, just before she gets on the boat, I think she phones up. Yeah. The island is eerie, but fine. And the, <laughs> her face, when in, she clearly thought she'd get a little, um, a bit of coitus in <laughs> her last week on Earth. Well, but I mean, it, like, it doesn't uh, seem like too much rooms. to ask. Yeah. Separate rooms, please. I, yes, she wanted to get his end away 
but he said yes separate rooms please yep and the the guy is shifty the guy that that owns the place he's a bit shifty they sort of immediately ask him well, loads of well, exactly yes questions. i was gonna say that they you know if we take what they know at face value and that yeah. his daughter was psychic in some way and then jumped into an active volcano mm. some years ago it's not the kind of thing even even 40 years later it, i can imagine you might be sort of rather reticent to sort of share these details with yeah strangers who just rocked up and there is already the sharing the, the knowledge that newspapers wrote bad thing about her so she went mad yeah and, you know yeah and of course that doesn't make anyone love the press so when no. you rock up with your notepad and they're say, not yeah, hello i'm a journalist do you remember us yeah, yeah. And then we see the mirror from the video. From the video, yeah, but so it's hanging in the home. So again, we know we're on the right track with in terms of following clues and tracking down yeah. some history of the video here. And then we see more evidence of the ex being an absolute douchebag. He has this little speech where we get to find out that he is psychic. You know, he says, why? Because I'm not normal. It will affect me worse than it will affect you weird speech because well, she he doesn't wants, know what will happen yeah she wants him to promise that he'll be there yeah when her time comes and he's like oh no 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 because i've heard about that girl who was there when yeah. that time came for tomiko and she went she went crackers and then she says well it would be fine for you because you're and then he's obviously rather sensitive and says and yeah this is where we find out he can read minds which is <laughs> something that came did rather surprise me because yeah. there, and he's nowhere near Noah's character. No. <laughs> I mean, this is the big difference, really, I think. If, if I had to pin down one difference between the two films, it's the nature of the supernatural threat. It's the nature of the supernatural in the film. Yes. Yeah. The woman of the household, the woman yes. that owns the hotel, comes through for them, though, and presents them with a photograph of... The woman who went mad and her doctor. Yep. They know there's a child, and this is what sets everybody off in both films. They both both parties know that there was a child. Probably, I think. Probably. no one's quite sure, yeah. but there were certainly fleeting references in the record. But they also know in both cases that the, the woman went mad. The woman in the video went mad, as they're finding out. Mm-hmm. Right. We get this really weird scene with douchebag X following an old man on a beach. And trying to have a heart to heart with him, and just ending up being like aggressively psychic at him. Yes, which I quite enjoyed actually. You know, I I understand that feeling, being like you don't under well, you do understand. You're just being a poop. Before he does his magic touch biz, it does feel like they are getting yeah. somewhere. The old fella has certainly mellowed a bit since last night. He's got a marvelous, wonderful voice. Yes, as well, really good. Right yes. So they basically accost the owner of the inn, who is Takashi, the man that we spoke about with a good voice. Yes. Who is Shizuko's brother. And psychic douchebag X says, I kind of know your secret. I know what happened. You sold your own sister out. And then we have a bit of a horrible flashback scene because Ryuji holds this guy's arm and Mm -hmm. has a nice flashback. Which is, again, another echo of the hand on the arm. arm. Yeah. And we see this horrible scene play out where... A member of the press is like, she's not a real psychic, trollalol. Yes. And he just dies. <laughs> he just dies. But then we are sort of talking at this point. I think it's at this point, in fact, 
that Sadako killed him. You know, we, we have this accusation. Sadako killed him. Yes. She could will people dead. She would talk to the sea. It was in a language that was was not human language. Yeah. It was no one liked her. Fishermen didn't like you know, Doctors hate her. She was yeah. not a popular like, creature. Shizuka was psychic and did her powers, but like nothing compared to Sadako. Yeah. Because up until now, we have been focused on Shizuko. It's been yeah, her mother. we've been looking for, and we assumed narratively that it was she was the key to this. Yeah. And yeah. Here is a little sort of twist. And she could will people to die, so that video is dot 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 not of this earth. Yeah. Lovely. Or not so. Yeah, no, lovely's not the word, but fine. Beautiful. <laughs> the weather is so beautiful in Ringu. The weather is the real star, I think. Wow. Yeah, genuinely. I don't know. They must have waited a long time to get skies like that to look that dramatic. You know, because it's real. Like, they're not mm-hmm. CGI ridiculous. No, well, they didn't, they didn't have a big budget for, no. uh, for Ringu, so, yeah. So they were just waiting just... on an island for a storm to come. Yes. And Takashi changes into a very sexy fisherman's coat like really beautiful looks like Jean Paul Gaultier uh it's probably just actually a fisherman's coat though. yeah changes into that and says don't mind those other fishermen that won't take you across the water in high seas if this kid wants to kill me she gets every opportunity if I take you across in the boat I'm gonna yeah. do it so we had differing interpretations of that because I'd always yeah. taken it as like I can't ask any of these guys to go out but I understand what's at stake yeah because of course, while all this has been going on, the days are still ticking down. Yep. And Reiko only has... Three. Three. And so normally you might wait out a storm like that because it's really rough. Yeah. But they got a, they got stuff to do. I just took it that he was killing himself and using the boat as the way to do it. So if she, didn't, if she did want him dead, that was him committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Which is where we go back to the ring... Yes, which is <laughs> yeah. th- this is where the films diverge quite heavily because again of the supernatural element they, to it. Yeah, they've wandered off without a brief a little bit, but we get after you know you're gonna die. <laughs> yeah, this is buying cigarettes as well. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna die with the cigarettes. We get cough cough water phone while Rachel's on the phone to her sister, who's the mother of the dead kid, and she starts coughing up. Loads of hair oh, yes. with a medical thing on the end of it. Oh, like it's the, grim, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's horrible. Really unpleasant. And then the phone bleeds water, and then she gets the scar on the arm. That's not Aiden. Turns out she's sleeping. I like... She's sleeping in thermals. Good for her. You know? <laughs> I know it's rainy and stuff outside, but you rarely see that. Normally these people... That's true. She'd be wearing something diaphanous, wouldn't she? Yeah, or like, yeah, unnecessary levels of silk for a single mum. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But thermals all the way, it's nice. And then wait a freaky kid out because he's watching the tape. Yeah. I couldn't sleep. She goes up like, and then answers the phone. And Naomi watches really. Yeah. And the guy's like, yeah, enough of your stuff. Like, I've got some stuff going on and I believe you. (laughs) And I feel like anybody else would be like, what? And then she gets to go, he watched the tape. And Naomi Watts does properly sell it. Like, it's for for a supernatural. It's freaky. One of the things I liked about Naomi Watts' character and, and the difference here is much more is made earlier on, which is trying to convince Noah of the seriousness of the cursed tape where she says, like, do I strike you as the kind of person who would be yeah. hysterical? Do you remember me as somebody who would take something seriously without good yes. cause? Yes, um, and that's what makes him check it at all, I think. Yeah. 
Why is he not more concerned that she answered the phone like that? Yeah. Why is he not concerned for the child now that it's leave us alone? I mean, it's it's a lot happening. Mm-hmm. Awkward scene where they are driven in the rain to the ferry, essentially, or to yeah. leave the kid with someone, you know, etc. She actually leaves the kid with Noah, I believe, in this in the, for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, because they split up a little bit. He does a bit more research. Yeah, and the kid and Noah have this absolute awkward exchange that shows you everything about what terrible parents Noah and Rachel have been. Noah is definitely absent father. They know who each other are, but they're not yeah, they, a relationship. Yeah, a lot of work is done in that scene where they meet in the rain, right? Yeah. And they sort of s- size each other up and Silent then go looking, on. and then off they go. Yeah, because they have nothing to say to each other. Yeah, and Noah tries to have this conversation in a kind of, sorry, I've not been there for you. But it's Aiden's response of like cutting him off mid-sentence at one point and being like, I know you were young. Like he's been played this tape for such yeah. a long time. He's seen his mum. Played this tape, ironically. Yeah, lol. Um, the real nightmare. Of, different yeah. type of cursed tape, yeah. <laughs> and it's deeply sad that this kind of six or seven year old is privy to their situation, that they were very young, that... He's clearly already older than them in his mind. There's, yeah. there's lots and lots and lots of details on this kind of neglected kid. Yeah, and you talked before about mother wearing university clothes. Yeah, yeah. Also that he's sort of still living in... I mean, it's a sexy flat. I really, I've always really liked Noah's place. I mean, minus the elevator into your home thing that I don't understand. It happens oh, yeah, in Angel cool. a lot and I, it makes me uncomfortable because literally I don't want the postman in my living room. Fair enough. I just, yeah, I think it's cool. You wanted to talk about neglectful parenting? So yeah, here's your chance. We're going to do it now? Yeah. Yeah, all right, it's a good idea. So it's a theme that runs through them both. It's set up a lot quicker in The Ring because I think our introduction to Rachel is probably yeah, the it's, teacher. Yeah, your kid's been drawing terrible pictures of her, his dead pal two weeks before his dead pal died. Yeah, yeah, because uh, t- they were fairly close, the cousins. Yeah. But... Aiden is the last child left to be picked up in the school again and when Rich comes in she's on the telephone chewing somebody out you Mm. know swearing and shouting so she's quite quickly set up as like a bad mother yeah whereas in Ringo it's a bit more it takes a bit longer to notice nothing is quite so no but that is a year one and again if we're going by our standard age ranges that's age five or six and that little boy is walking to school alone yeah and microwaving his own dinner yeah but i suppose it's also it's the consequences of neglectful parenting yes and the strange parallels between sadako in in ringu yeah and samara in the ring yes of yeah, very different types of of neglectful parenting, but both in both cases they put their child in mortal peril. Yeah. You know, one by chucking them down a well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, but the sort of the more benign neglect of just leaving him to his own devices yeah. in the case of the the two sort of modern living children yes. you'd like still puts them in that danger because they, yeah. they they should never have ended up watching those tapes and if they if their parents if respective parents had paid any attention to them they wouldn't have done yeah yeah I mean it's yeah. a lot to ask again given that clearly both mothers are supposed to be a, a single mum existing alone coping being young and a career woman blah 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 yeah but 
there are ways to do that and have an actual relationship with your child and in both cases the mother is consistently shocked by how self-sufficient the child is which means they don't know them at all. paying attention yeah. yeah also the immortal line it's a conundrum right the kid we, we already found out from the babysitter that he learned the word conundrum and he uses it immediately and makes noah smile because yes. Noah doesn't know who he is either. No. He's drawn a creepy picture for his mum that Noah makes an effort to deliver in the rain before she heads off on the ferry to traumatise a horse enough that it kills itself. Yes. Drama scene. Horrible. I've worked with horses for a long time, so seeing that really is very affecting and nasty. And it chucks itself off the front of the boat. They run to the back to, just in time to see it sort of just get chopped up by the motor. and Indeed. All the rest of it. And but this is her on her way to the, the, the respective island. Yes, uh, so the backstory is a little bit different in yep. The Ring. It's a well-known horse rider or horse woman. Farmer, yeah. Yeah, goes crackers and all the horses die from a mysterious suicidal illness. Yeah, and this is the sort of, this is the supernatural analogue, right? The idea that, the quote is, maybe they just sense things before we do. Yes. Horses, there's something... Not write some sort of sixth sense without wishing to invoke that for the second time this evening. But it, it's a slightly more American sensibility supernatural thing yeah. rather than like, I also am telepathic, have brain powers. And they, here it is the Morgan family that yes. they're going to look for. And the daughter that people seem to sort of deny knowledge of yeah. is Samara Morgan. Yes. The person who has knowledge of her is the island doctor and who's willing to actually speak about her is the yes. island doctor. Because we do meet Mr Morgan and he is I will say as well, to... just before this happens, before we actually meet them properly, something I'd never spotted in all the times I watched this film was that there is a very split second cut of the image of the ring in the ring in between the scene with the horses and the scene with the barn that right. they use in Fight Club. I'm sorry, Ben, but they use it in Fight Club as a kind of subliminal that I wasn't 100% sure if it was legal <laughs> <laughs> to use that, but it's. I wondered how many times it had happened and I'd missed it. Maybe I was note-taking that we start to see the ring flash up in between trauma scenes. Right. You know, to yeah. be like, oh, it's getting closer, maybe it becomes more frequent. You yep. know, before you die, you see the ring is the tagline for the ring yes so it could be that we see it more and more subconsciously until eventually you associate that with trauma yeah within the film and then yes beautiful old barn and we're hanging around in the barn we're hanging around in the barn aren't we at this point like, yes well they, they, we meet mr morgan who's uh it's brian cox and, yes um, brian cox and he is similarly uh, similar to his analog his counterpart in ringu he he gives the journalist visiting and wanting to talk about this stuff yeah. short shrift but she just doesn't go away no. she just wanders around this very gothic looking old horse farm that's completely bereft of horses now yeah doesn't have horses anymore not since the incident because yes while this is happening yeah noah is attempting to gain access to the records he is of the psychiatric hospital uh, it's been a while actually since we've looked at the angry black man trope, but here he is, the guy that keeps that is the keeper of the records. Oh, indeed. Uh, yes. Says, "I'll be on you like white on rice," which is just amazing. And what does that mean? White rice is completely white. Yes. Yeah. So that's how okay, that's on him. How he'll on, be. Right. So on him that he'll wow. be him. Wow. That's it's amazing. That doesn't make it's any. It's amazing. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, the mobile phones are actually worse technology than in the Ring than they are in the one made in 1998. Yeah, because Japan is vastly advanced. Yes. <laughs> The psychological tape is what we watch, right? We see the... We see... Well, eventually, Noah gets the... Well, Noah doesn't get the tape because he... Well, he tries to get the tape, but then when he gets to where it should be... He's the last person that's taken it out, yes. He he pretended to be her dad to get the tape. He pretends to be Mr. Morgan, uh, which is another sort of point in the bad parenting... Yes. Nexus, if you like. Yes, definitely. Because he identifies himself with another bad parent. But yes, uh, it turns out it's not there because it's been pinched by Mr. Morgan and it is in Mr. Morgan's creepy old farmhouse. It is. Where Rachel, our heroine, is and where she conveniently finds it and well watches done. it. You're, there we go. You're dead right, yes. So it's another videotape, I suppose. It's another yeah. significant tape. Yeah. We won't know if it's true or not because we already know that she can make evil tapes with her mind. Yes, well. I suppose, yeah. There is an element of that. But I really, really like the thaumaturgy. Ooh, the the um, heat-created images that she makes, those slides that look like x-rays. Oh, yes. They're amazing. I really think they're a, they're a piece of work in themselves. They look really um, Joel Peter Witkin, really gr- grubby. Oh, I'm not, it's not a reference I oh, I'll get, show you. but yeah. we'll put them on the... He worked a lot with dead bodies as ground. part of his photography <laughs> and has quite a controversial self-portrait of him with a crucifix of Jesus over his blindfold. Looks. It's a lot. But yeah. it's really interesting. And it is that real grimy, like dirty black and white. Like it looks like everything was handled with Vaseline hands, you know? Ooh. Like it's it's rank. And really reminds me of this style of photography. But yes, she just creates them in her mind. You don't want to hurt anybody, do you? <laughs> She's like, But I do and I'm sorry. You're not sorry at all, you weird little kid. <laughs> she doesn't sleep. We get evidence yep. of her not sleeping. She just stares at the clock in uh, so creepy time lapse. Time lapse, yeah. Yeah. I think creep- there's a lot to be said for creepy time lapse. I genuinely think it makes things ten times more frightening. Paranormal Activity, the creepy time lapse. Oh, I've not seen it. Well, in fact, even when they film a flower like decaying, it freaks me. Oh right, yeah. There's something about the manipulation of time. recorded time. Yeah, it's horrible. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, of course, her being able to create images on x-ray plates x-ray plates are film basically so it's another manipulation of image manipulation of recorded image manipulation of tape yes and i suppose ties into the photographs the the blurry face photographs as well of the victims yep just indicative of i don't know some like genre of power that she has I guess. There's always something quite sinister about a frightened older man as well, I think. It's not often something that's shown, really. We're supposed to think in these films that men are stoic and wonderful and keep their head together. But yeah. we see Mr. Morgan sort of losing his mind a bit yeah. with fear and prepping a rather nasty bath. Yes. Um, I love baths, but this one's not for me. This one, again, television is the enemy. I'll pick this back up at right at the end, I think, because it really is. Like, again and again, we're shown that TV is evil. And in this case, TV actually kills him. You know, he... I can't remember how he does it off the top of my head. I know he sits in the bath with a load of electronics. Yeah, he drops something in, and it's something like a video recorder or a television. It's difficult to tell because there's wires everywhere. Yes. And it turns out his fuse, fuse wiring is very, very poor. 
because everything fizzes and, and pops for quite some time. It does. It's um, an old barn. Yeah, that's true. And it's just him. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yes, goodbye to Mr. Morgan, who says, sort of interestingly, I think before he goes, and in that last sort of, it's a very short appearance in the film, but he yeah. does a lot with it. But he introduces an interesting idea when he's talking to Rachel before he offs yes. himself, which is that. Uh, reporters come and are always digging around and the line I've got is spread it like sickness right yeah. the the troubles of the family the tragedy of the family yeah as a sort of virus right as a thing mm. as a sickness something that spreads and repeats and is disseminated yeah which which is a metaphor that is sort of present in Ringu as well but is n never quite made so explicit here but there's something about the spread of the ring tape that I'll come back to yes later as well but it's just sticking a pin when we're talking about Mr Morgan mm -hmm. sticking a pin in that here for uh for later on meanwhile of course we're exploring the old barn Rachel's looking at Aidan's drawings, you know, he's so creative. Mm. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't like it in the barn is the quote that's doing that horrible thing that I think is a real cheat. It's an absolute bugbear of mine in American film. And occasionally British film does it, but mostly American film. I'm having a memory, right? Mm -hmm. There's two things they get wrong with memory. One, viewing memory from the perspective of somebody else watching it. How are you going to remember it from across the room? Yep. Two echoey memory sounds yes <laughs> she doesn't like it in the barn why is that coming into your head like that and why are we hearing it you should just look at the drawing and we go oh yeah she doesn't like it in the barn you know like there will be a visual clue you've got a visual media it's not a podcast you yeah don't, you don't have to spell it all that's no, true yeah they do it in they do it in radio and things to signify this is not happening now, yeah but yeah you have all of the clues yeah well it's because it's creepy isn't it because it's, it's a bit weird and frightening it, regardless of genre of film I just feel like it's a big cheat and you can do better so they did say there was this kind of controversy there's a very small moment that we've skipped over that I just wanted to bring attention to because it does link the two films Please. and that is that the guy that runs the place that's keeping the psychological video does say ah oh, they said she was adopted like in this kind of lol way mm -hmm. you know in like a mm, they did say she was adopted but you know no one really knows. This is Samara, the daughter. This is Samara yes. saying that Samara was adopted. But it's it's not really... That's where they leave that. They don't really pick that up again as an actual bit of storyline. No. No, and again, well, I suppose you, you've, it's alluded to by Mr Morgan, who says that they were never supposed to... We were to never supposed to have a child. Have a child. Yeah. And whether... There is an ambiguity there. Yeah. They adopted a child because they were never supposed to have a child, or... Or something else is yeah come on in because she was so desperate to have one and then yeah we're in this beautiful barn thing which is an absolute visual it's visually stunning i think that thing it mm. looks really striking it's really weirdly it's kind of midsummer it's style imagery wouldn't you say like that very symmetrical wes anderson's if wes anderson did horror right you know yeah. that kind of beautiful stark lines really nice really striking contrast yeah it's just really nicely yeah. done and we're up there and for some reason a little carousel is going on its own and we see the TV again. TVs are evil, yep. remember that? And, and, and the ladder getting up there is from the, from the video. video as yep. well. Yeah, and from her uh, Rachel's kids' drawings. Yep. I will say as well, that 
idea that Samara burnt an image onto the wall is quite nice. Mm. They start peeling the wallpaper down. Yeah, which is a nice bit of symbolic uncovering. Yeah, of, it's lovely. Yeah. I really, I, I appreciate that. And it's nice to see that bit brought back, the burning thing, the, the, the fact that she can create images in her mind and put them on a surface. Yeah. It's just quite a nice... Yeah, it's nicely thought out and and it works, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Just to bring it back to Ringu slightly, where we left you last was where she was, we were told she muttered at the sea. Oh, yeah. Sadako mutters at the sea. Her uncle hated her. Everybody hated her. She was creepy. Ryuji Mm -hmm. and Riko end up in the creepy basement, the creepiest basement they could possibly find. So actually we've met back up. The two films have met back up again just as Rachel is finding the wallpaper that tells her that the burning tree is by the... She she remembers seeing the tree by the cabin. Yeah. Rico is following Psychic X's instructions and disappearing into the evil basement. Yes. Every single person has a waterproof torch, so much so that I feel like I should own one. Like, I'm frightened that we don't have one. Just in case well, we need to go down the well. when we have to excavate a well for it. Well, it doesn't go well for them. Spoiler. Oh, that doesn't wasn't meant to be well. a pun. But also spoilers. It's the one thing it does do. Is yeah, go it goes well. well. Yeah. It goes very well. Yeah. So, yes. And I actually said about Reiko's basement, uh, could it be actually more frightening about Ringu? Could it be a more frightening basement? No, it couldn't. <laughs> it couldn't. Like, they, they, they go through the, the wood of the entrance and it looks all fun and games and then you actually go into it and it's this I don't know it's just horrible no it is unple- it's very unpleasant yeah, yeah. and everything's yeah. one thing I really like as well is everything being lit by torchlight what was that video game that messed everybody up where it was an indie game a few years ago where you could only see by torchlight oh yeah yeah it rings a bell I don't know what it was write in if you know yeah we'll find out <laughs> <laughs> What was I saying about it? Yes, and uh, similarly, we are not getting our deposit back in the rings cabin, no, are we? No, Because we've ripped all the floorboards out, yep. which is a far cry from like a little hole in a, <laughs> in a wall. Yes, <laughs> but in both cases, I suppose we're running out of time. Yes, and we don't really care. You know, it's either that or... Well, actually, I think there's a lot to be said for the idea of a sequel where they didn't make it in time and they're just dead, but they've got half the stuff done. So, like, they're found by the well and yeah. someone has to work out why, what they were doing, why yes. there's a well here, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, they don't need another sequel, I guess. They've got plenty. I did laugh at the the ring doing the thing where the, <laughs> those ball bearings all roll. They made me think of the Momraths in um, Alice in Wonderland where they all roll to basically make an arrow. You know? Oh, in the in the film because yeah, yeah. yes, uh, Jabberwocky, the poem, of course. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah. the Momraths in the in Alice in Wonderland film outgraving is them pointing yeah, things yeah. out. And then, know? but also not only that, all of the things roll to a sort of dip in the floor mm. of an old cabin, but that this is significant and that they go, ah, oh, ah, that's the one. Yeah. Must be here. Yeah. I really, really, really love this next effect though, and I feel like it's the cheapest effect in the whole film. Which is this? Nails coming up out of the floor, out of the mud. Ah. It's really nice. Yeah. And it's so simple. And I reckon it's something we could have seen in like the 30s or 40s. Yeah. And not thought twice about it. Been like, that's really clever, really freaky. But it is horrible that they come up with mud on them. They're coming up on their own. Mm -hmm. If you saw it happening, you'd be like, I am dead. It made me think of Jan Svankmeyer's Alice. I I saw that as a... It must have been... I have this very early memory of seeing a scene with these sort of like socks coming out of holes in in the floor and going round and round like sort of little sock creatures 
going up and around that uh, that frightened me as a as a oh. small child. And I looked up; it must have been. I think it was on Channel Four in about 1990 or 1991. So it'd have been four or five. Wow! And it stuck in my brain. And uh, that's anything anything like that yeah. makes you think of of that. That wasn't very that wasn't a very good sentence. Never mind. <laughs> and in both cases, we well interestingly because you pointed this out about time being more of an issue in Ringu it does seem to be that mm. way yes and the poor woman like she's an ex- she's a really good actress um Reiko yes she spends the last half of the film freaking out like something out of the shining you know she's just in she's a hot mess she's trying to hold it together at one point she gets an unnecessary slap because she's clearly hysterical rightly so <laughs> but whatever <laughs> not the slap the hysteria but you know they end up unflooding a well in order to flood a basement. <laughs> yes, so the plan, I guess there's a slight difference in the films, I suppose it's worth yeah. pointing up here, because the plan of our protagonists in Ringu is to drain the well with two small buckets, <laughs> so for which one of them has to go down the creepy well, and it's like, well, 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 well. Well, 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 well why would you like, pick that? Seems like a terrible idea. And, and then the other has to haul up. And you think, well, it's a... It's famously a source of water. It's going to take you a while uh, to, uh, to 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 do that. It's that sounds harsh, point. but I'm not wrong. No, it's a um, good point. It adds a little bit of extra tension, I suppose. You know, as the as the clock ticks down, because yes, they've they've figured out in both cases that Sadako, that Samara's body is in the well. Yeah. Both films put. Their female protagonist in the well. They do. Ringu does it by she's too knackered to carry buckets of water everywhere yeah. anymore, so he sends her down the well because yeah. he's the douchebag ex. And in the ring, it's television being evil again. Television doing its evil thing, turning on by itself, slipping Final Destination style off of a bit of wood that was on a bit of wood. It's like a OK Go video. And yeah. then in she goes, head first, looking pretty rough. Yes. She does hit her head on the way down, because I right. remembered it. But yeah, this bothered me, because this clearly, given that she lands in a, a few feet of water, yeah, tops right. head first, this uh, should be game over. Maybe it, maybe Samara saved her. Maybe. Samara yes, this like, could be some supernatural yeah. element to that. But yes, it, it she's it's very frightening, but she's otherwise... No contusions or broken bones, as far as we can tell. And in case you're wondering, the torch is fine. Torch is fine, yeah. Everyone's still wearing their watches. I know no one would care. It would be like, you, you know, you're about to die. But everyone's still wearing a watch that works. And yeah. everyone's still torched. Oh, it'd be awful if you were looking at your watch, trying to figure out how long you had left, and then you realised it had been sitting at ten to seven for half an hour. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> nasty. See, we should write films. Also, it would have been awful if you'd got all the way down there and you felt hair in the water and your torch went out. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, dear. Did that get you? That's horrible, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we win. No, it is unpleasant, the, the hair in the water. The nails the is particularly nasty yeah. too. Like nails, because she obviously tried to climb out, crawl to freedom. And yes, hair in the water. Hair in water is always an awful nightmare to me. I just, I just hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But <laughs> I don't particularly like being wet, if that helps. You know, I don't like, I don't really like wet. Wet skin in general freaks me out. So wet hair is particularly nasty. Lots of black hair in the water in both. Mm-hmm. And then things get really weird because... I mean, things are already pretty <laughs> weird. It depends because in The Ring we have a horrible flashback to her actual death, right? Yes. Rachel's shown a memory of by Samara, not from Samara's perspective, BT dubs. Yeah. But 
Samara doing creepy singing into the well. Again, very Rosemary's Baby. Samara's humming away to herself and her mum comes up and sort of just goes, basically, you know, you were meant to be perfect. This could have been great. You're awful. And puts a bag over her head and chucks her in the well. And it is brutal. Yeah. It's so quick. It's so brutal. She's clearly not suffocated her long enough to kill her. No. But I think in her kind of blind, maddened panic, she's just chucked the kiddie down the well has a look over which is also a scene from the video mm-hmm. to have a little moment of woman looking over well <laughs> i will say the reason i'm laughing is because throughout all of this noah and the hose pipe what are you doing man noah's like she fell down the well the first thing i'm going to do is use this hose pipe that's attached to the like a fireman's hose attached to the wall somewhere Runs away with it. It's attached to the wall, you lunatic. Oh, yeah. And he falls on the ground. What's he doing? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose we can forgive him for not thinking terribly clearly. But even still, it doesn't seem like the time to do, like, physical comedy. <laughs> no, and to be honest, why didn't you bring rope? The others brought rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't, it didn't do them any good, but no, they but, brought rope. but in Ringo, they had a... Might not have been a very good plan, but they clearly had a plan that they were going to go into the well with the buckets, pull up the water, find the body of Sadako, fix, put everything to rest, you know? Yeah. That was clearly, that was what they were going to do, and they went about it. Whereas our our protagonists in The Ring freak out a little bit that they're not getting anywhere, knock over a lamp or something, and all the ball bearings fall into the hole, they dig up the hole, and then they find the well, and then they decide... Well, no, they don't decide to go down, she falls down the well. She gets pushed down by... So it's all very ad hoc. Yeah. In the ring. And then she pulls a complete little girl out of the water that then disintegrates in her arms into a corpse. Yeah, it's quite a bit of... They try and make it tender and sweet. Yeah, I'm sorry, I meant that the the effect shot is, is, is reasonable. Um, however, Ringu, keeping it hardcore, just has like a skeleton with lots and lots of dark black hair, like bleeding slime from its eyes. Yeah. Which I'm not going to lie, I genuinely prefer. I don't need to be feeling feelings about this child. I know why they've done it. No, but, red herring. And the but also the scene in Ringu is not without some tenderness. She does sort no, of embrace she looks this a thing a little bit mad, and I think yeah. that really works. Yeah. Whereas Rachel is like, oh, the completion of a cycle. This is great. I found this kid. I'm not going to question why it's. What's, absolutely uh, no. preserved or any of that wells are magic the end but definitely the looking caring over something that disgusting i think is really much more effective right yeah well then of course we, we get the body out of the in we both do. cases and you think well police are here we're lovely fine. you know we've passed the deadline such mm. as it was it's been more than seven days now since since rachel sashariko watched the tape yep and they remain alive. I was going to say undead. That's <laughs> they remain alive. Yeah. So, therefore, we fixed it. We've broken the curse. Yeah. Everything's lovely. We can go back to our normal lives. In, um, well, in Ringu, we can go back to our normal lives. In the ring, we, we have our little family back together again. <laughs> yes. I will. So, we, we didn't look at, in Ringu as well, the, it's the doctor isn't it, that kills oh, yes. Sadako. The Doctor comes up behind it. And again, the Doctor had the relationship with Sadako's mother, yep. supposedly. So it could have been his child. Some people were saying it was the devil's child, but it could have actually been his child. Yeah. And that he didn't want anybody to know about it because that was his patient and he just killed it. Yeah. Or thought he had. Bum, bum, bum. Also, I suppose, there's a little thing about killing people with her mind. You know. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Killing people with her mind and generally being a pain. 
all that sea muttering really yeah. gets to you after a while. Yeah. Everybody's dead, everybody's fine. You know, the people who are meant to be dead are dead. Yep. The people who are meant to be alive are alive. And we've followed a plot through. Yeah. So the idea has been raised that, yes, Sadako in the well yep. or Samara in the well. Yeah. Some sort of Finding idea of like her... a, a, ven- a spirit she needs to be like properly laid yep. to rest. Yeah. Classic ghost biz, right? You know, yeah. avenge me in some way. Right? <laughs> so you say, right, well, we're done. Yeah, and Rachel and Noah are looking a bit coupley, and Aiden's looking like he's got his birthday wish from Liar Liar. <laughs> it's, you know, his, <laughs> but his poorly matched, atrocious parents are back together. It's really actually quite amazing how this film turns. So again, if you haven't seen it, what are you doing here? But both <laughs> films turn at this point. So we're driving back, everything's fine. We're separated again. Our couple mm-hmm. are nowhere near each other. In Ringu, that guy is still not interested in... Reiko on any level and no. just goes home. <laughs> I mean, he's. I think he's pleased. The thing is, he's, he's pleased to have defeated, defeated, quote unquote, Sadako. Yeah. But what seemed to have been a sort of major motivating factor for him earlier was that if they don't do it, he's going to die the, the following day. Because she says at one point, "I've only got two hours or so," and he rejoins with, "You know, I've got twenty six hours," because <laughs> he watched yeah. it the following day. And of course, he's got that. 19-year-old back home. (laughs) He has, and it's an interesting few bits that happen. So, in The Ring, we know we're in crap, not only because creepy little Aiden finds out that they helped Samara. Yep. Creepy little Aiden finds out that Rachel helped Samara, and so goes, you weren't supposed to help her, which is terrifying. Yep. And then we see a coffee ring, which always makes me laugh. Noah's coffee cup leaves the ring and it's like, before you die, you see the ring. Don't use your phone and drive. I've just put some health and safety stuff in my That's good. Yeah, it's important. Don't watch cursed videotapes. And don't use your telephone and drive. If you take nothing away from this podcast. TV rots your brain. Yep. Pushes you down the well. Always leaking. Always turning itself on. Wasting your energy by opening your fridge. And don't. Don't phone and drive. Oh, and um, look after your children. <laughs> I'm glad that's the third pay, one. Pay attention to your kids. Yeah. And then poor blokey, his TV turns on, Noah's. One thing I really like about this in particular, the, the ring in comparison to Ringu, a couple of things. One is that because they filmed her uh, resident siren. There it goes. They haven't got me yet. They'd filmed the actress playing Samara walking backwards into the well and then played it forwards. Yes, they reversed the footage so that it doesn't look like natural motion. Yes, but because of that, Samara's hair is the first thing to come out of the well rather than her, and I really like that because the hair has had life throughout the whole Mm -hmm. film, and because it was the last thing to go in the well when they filmed, it's the first thing to come out of the well when she appears, and it's really terrifying. This is a continuation of the earlier well shot yeah. from the tape. From the tape, and that we've seen twice now in different forms. The second time we saw it, there was a little bit more of an arm out of the well, just mm-hmm. for a fraction of a second. Yes. And now we see it, and it's obviously the hair and the full the full shebang. The other thing I like is that she's creepy crawling out. Noah's looking terrified. She's being a creep. She comes out of the TV and does that nice static. Her image, yes, her 
image, if you'd like, when she's fully out of the television screen, still has VHS artifacts about it. Yes. Still looks like it's on tape in some way in the ring, which is more of this idea of haunted telly. Yes. Right? And dangerous technology in some way. Whereas the corresponding scene in Ringu, because this is the famous, this is. is the, you know, if you know nothing about this film, this is the bit you've heard of, I reckon. Yeah. Sadako is much more corporeal when she has escaped the confines of the screen. Also, it's she's supposed to appear in anything reflective. So one of the boys that dies in Ringu sees her in the reflection of his helmet in the book. Sure. Right? So it's meant to be anything reflective, but particularly, obviously, TVs all the way through we're shown reflections in the telly yeah so it makes sense it's the one reflective thing that and everybody the, has in their house the mirror of course in the t- in the tape yeah, yeah, exactly. similar. and i suppose the haunted telly thing is a good point to sort of pick up briefly on a a sort of strange cultural coincidence i think which is the video nasty phenomenon yeah which is a pe- peculiarly british thing when caused by the proliferation of video recorders, VHS, Betamax, Video 2000, whatever, in British homes in the early 1980s, before certification and censorship laws were in place, mm-hmm. and a few film distributors cottoned onto this and realised that although it would cost them money to release things in cinemas and they'd needed to get need to get it certified, etc., etc., they maybe refused permission. There was the video home video market was uh, unregulated, which led to a bit of a moral panic about the sort of films mm. that were appearing on video that, that children could potentially get hold of. The idea yeah. being that a 12-year-old a gore hound cannot walk into a, a cinema and see Driller Killer because even if, they, even if he puts a friend on his shoulders and go in a big trench coat, yeah. the, the cashier will be wise to it. There was and remains an, an Obscene Publications Act. Yep which uh, would prohibit things, I forget the exact wording, but it's something along the lines of things liable to uh, pervert, offend, etc. It's it's a 50s piece of legislation that was sort of amended in the 70s to include hardcore pornography. Mm. But this was very difficult to interpret and it was subject to a lot of different interpretation according to different police authorities. Yeah. And there was large amounts of stuff still getting through. Let's say still getting through. How many children were had their minds perverted by this? <laughs> I think is a very low yes. number. But it was it was a real tabloid worry at the time, and mm. it was fo- it was focused around the idea that you didn't never knew what was on these tapes and where your kids were getting them and what dangers they might be open to yeah. by selecting a cassette and putting it in the machine and, and watching it and blowing their tiny brains and. This has obvious resonances for me, especially in The Ring with its technology thing. But as far as I can understand, it was a particularly British thing that didn't really happen in America or Japan. So I suspect, Mm. having done a bit of digging, I suspect that it is just coincidence. But it still feels very relevant because it immediately makes me think of that with the haunted telly thing, the dangers of tapes. Yeah, yeah. And and the domestic nature of it, right? There's no coincidence that one of the reasons it's so horrifying is because it's in your house. I'm looking, I'm sitting here now and there's a television in the corner of the room. I suspect that all of you have a screen of some kind in your front room. In Certainly in 2002, there'd probably been a telly there. Yeah. 
it's the it's it's the classic bringing the horror film into the domestic like that. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Indeed. What is I've called it a retroscope and that's not what it is turns out. But what's the camera effect where you film something slowly and then play it at normal speed? Could be under cranking. That sounds like it's about the actual it's because cameras used to be hand cranked yes, and you would yes, exactly. you would crank slowly and then when you played it back at normal speed it would be quicker well yes basically that but there must be a modern over over cranking is the opposite as well where you do go too quickly and then it slows it down when you play it back at 18 or 24 frames per second whatever it may be yes but it's because of the way sadako comes out of the well is looks like it's done that way rather than mm-hmm. just having the performer perform it backwards yes you know we also looked like we filmed it at extreme slow motion and mm-hmm. then played it sped up to quote unquote normal speed yeah to give this otherworldly really nasty effect uh, i will say in the ring noah is crawling through glass in quite a horrendous way it's quite a laborious yeah. nasty everything's wet scene whereas and it's it's really not diminished they're both very frightening scenes mm. but it's the first time that we've actually seen the horror that happens to these people that die this way. So yeah. it's particularly shocking and nasty. I also love, you know, everybody dies that's meant to die again. Yes. Noah versus Ryuji. I really love in Ringu. So first of all, the student found his body before Reiko got there. Yep. She was obviously keen to see him because he'd been away for a bit and just is a Hanging hollow mess with, his with gray hair. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. How do you? Well, you probably don't explain it. You're psychic. His poor student. Yeah. Anyway, I really love the placement and the blocking of all the bird's eye shots. Like it's really nicely mm. done that we don't get to see. It's, it's the panic is still going, but you don't get to see the aftermath. Is really nice. Whereas Rachel just. <laughs> She finds him, does a scream, his makeup's horrendous, it's amazing. Well, we don't see it immediately as well, they do hold back, because we yeah. get a shot of her face first, Yeah. from POV of the chair, yeah. and she does a, oh, I'm doing it now, it doesn't work over the audio. No, but she is properly horrified. Yeah, and so you know it must be bad. Naomi Watts has an incredible scream, and jolly good time, and pegs it out of there, nopes yep. out, and leaves... CSI goth girl to find it. I know, and she knows it's her because she sees her coming up the stairs, yeah. so she hides behind a pillar. <laughs> to be like, okay, that can be yours now. You can deal with that. Um, and, and it's then that we get the shot of Noah's face, which I assume has been Rick Bakered, where he's it all has, sort of, yeah. all sort of wrong. And, yeah, it's and too wide. Everything's uh, too wide, yeah. and too drawn, and too frightening. Yeah, it's nasty as anything. So then we'll stay with Rachel for a minute in the ring Mm -hmm. and go to her with the best fireplace ever just imagine just having a flame you just turn on in a fireplace i know we're being super british but just (laughs) this is a thing like push button fire nah love it i love it i would have one in a heartbeat yeah um i assume it's gas yes yeah it's probably not very safe well, well, to be honest, she nearly just died by well girls. No, exactly. I mean, it's all relative, but uh, yeah, they're, they're fairly established technology. I think you're you're all right. Crucially, though, she has. She's the, trying she, to destroy the tape. She thinks I've got to get rid of this evil tape. Boom tape, yeah. Yeah. And then through a series of reflections in the telly, ironically, mm-hmm. she sees the copy that was thrown under the sofa for whatever reason. I think it was for to another hide child it. to yeah. find. Yeah. <laughs> and realizes that she made a copy and that's probably why she lived because she can then spread it like a sickness. Yep. And then 
plays a game of push button with Aiden and forces him to make a copy. Yeah, because he has also watched it. She's figured out that that's the difference between the two of them. Yeah, but... hopefully figured it out. It's actually not resolved because we don't find out if he lives or not, which I like as well. Yeah. And it's a bit like, don't worry, sweetie, this is just going to kill hundreds more people in equally horrible ways. Well, if they make copies and then they make copies, only one person has to... I don't know, is that true? No, because there'll be so many copies. Yeah, but as long as you yeah. keep making copies and passing it on, I suppose that's this is a conversation for It Follows or something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the virus metaphor coming through again. You've yeah. just got to keep passing it along and you'll be fine. And then to go to back to Ringu and their ending, I actually prefer it, genuinely, mm-hmm. because it's one more callback. What I really love is that Blanket Man is back, the man with a blanket over his head. Yep. Turns out Blanket Man is Ryuji. The whole time. The whole time, even in the video, because who knows why? But it's amazing that he appeared as a guiding presence in the video and then appears as a guiding presence to show Reiko that the copy is under the sofa. Yeah, so, and again, appears in the reflection yes. of the telly, which is nice. Yeah. Yes. I, I wanted to say as well that the actress that played Sadako is a kabuki actress. Right. Hence the amazing movements and the theatrical creepiness. Yeah. But yes, forgot to mention that. And then yes, and then here we have the first viral video ever created. And then forward this to six people or the poop loop will get you. Yep. <laughs> And you what? don't want that. No. A couple of things I wanted to just mention, because that is us at the end of the film. You yeah. can all have another drink. The There's a few things that I wanted to add. One is that in the book, I think it's Koji Suzuki. Is that the author? I'm afraid I didn't look that up. It was written in 1991. If you hear the words Koji Suzuki in the episode, assume that it's right, because I would have checked it by then. Yes. It was written in 1991. And was, again, actually a reference to unregulated VHS in throughout the 80s. So it, it mm-hmm. does figure that some of the conclusions that we're coming to would be drawn from, as you say, the video nasty stuff, but Japan's version. Also in the book, Sadako is intersex, or all, rather than sure. both, all or neither, and fully grown and sexually active. You know, it's not this let's take care of a child thing that they've added to give yeah. you a bit more emotional relationship with the story it's very much like this is just an evil woman uh, i will say as well on rio is the name oh. for the ghosts that are formed by some act of real horror and go on to be these horrible spirits but they are also the ones that walk home alone at night as in like the girl walks home alone at night would have been an on rio right and this is is this an established japanese yes. ghost archetype i guess it is it, it right. is indeed because yes. I was thinking, and I nearly said earlier, that Ringu is more supernatural in that way, ghost-related things. Yeah. But then you've got the connection that Aiden has with Samara that isn't especially replicated and isn't really explained. It's just that he's a creepy kid and she's a creepy kid. It doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be explained. We sort of get it. Mm, I wonder if it's something that... They're hinting that small children can see it because he was around Mm -hmm. his cousin... Yep. And he knew of it from his cousin and being yep. around her. Yes, but an Onrio is somebody that died in the grip of rage and seeks vengeance. Right. And that's that makes sense. And this also makes sense with the plot of trying to puzzle out what's happening and then trying to solve it. Right? Because yeah. you've got, oh, we know what this is. It's an Onrio. We can get you vengeance. We can, yeah. we can fix this. But then, of course, yeah. <laughs> Turns out she just wants to watch the world burn. Weird. Anything else you wanted to add? Well, the word, the title, 
why is it called Ring or The Ring? Because yeah. you'd, you'd said and you'd made reference to uh, You See the Ring Before You Die, which is the American... Yeah, Before You Die, You See the Ring. Idea. Yeah. Yes, sorry, yes, put it in the right order. And in The Ring, it seems to be stylized as the top of the well with the stone over it. Right. Which forms a, a visual ring, which is not made so much of in Ringu. Yeah. So, so why is it? Why is it called? You know, why did why did that? Type, it feels like the American business with the top of the the well shaft. It feels like a rationalization afterwards to explain the name that it already inherited from the previous one. However, I did okay. look I did look into this a little bit, mm-hmm. and it seems that there are two other types of ring. Mm-hmm. There's the sort of ring, as in the circular nature of the narrative that like we leave and we go off and give it to somebody else and it perpetuates and just keeps going round and round and round like a ring and you've also got ring as in ring 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 banana phone samara phone phone. the the ring that you get is the one telling you you're going to die it's the telephone ringing yeah and yeah it's 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 both of these things and And the the well and the well as well (laughs) 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 because it it works, right? Because it was a success, you just accept that it's. Well, I liked your ring. Samara stuff as well. Samara stuff. Oh, the name Samara, yeah, because they changed the name. From Sadako. From Sadako, which, yeah, makes sense. Obviously, they westernized all of the names. But the choice of Samara made me think of the John O'Hara novel, which, uh, Appointment in Samara, which is taken from the Somerset Maugham retelling of a fable mm-hmm. about a, a man who goes to the market and meets and recognises death. Yes. And is very frightened by this, obviously, because they recognise one another and both appear quite startled. So he decides to immediately leave town and go for, go to Samara, which was a, another city in where, I forget where we are, North Africa somewhere, perhaps, and about 75 miles distant, so, you know, mm-hmm. as far as he can possibly go in a day. So he thinks he'll be safe there. Uh, but then when he gets there, he, of course, meets death, who is waiting for him, and who says, that's why I was so surprised to see you in the market this morning, because I knew I had an appointment with you in Samara tonight. Yeah. And so it's the idea of that encountering Samara via this tape gives you your death appointment. Yes, I really like it. In case you're wondering, Sadako in Japanese roughly translates to chase child. Thank you, I was wondering. Yes, there you go. Yes, lovely. Easy. Names, names, names. The marketing of the of the ring was something I couldn't pass up on when I when I heard this. A couple of things. The first of which was that DreamWorks, the company behind it, I understand, bought the rights mm-hmm. for the to make a remake, of course, but also the distribution rights for Ringo. So it didn't come out in America for quite some time. I think they came out roughly the same time the remake and the original. But because there are a few years in between, and because it came out in Europe, it came out you know in in Britain certainly, and caused a bit of a splash here. Fans were able to get copies, you know, they were able to see it, but it wasn't officially released for some time. But it meant that they were encountering it on sort of ropey, dodgy VHS tapes. This is the late nineties. Not DVD burners aren't a thing, but they just were not quite properly in the DVD era yet, right, which yes. meant that people were watching it on. Like dodgy bootleg VHS, yes, which is obviously perfect. perfect. And that for marketing the ring, 
uh, DreamWorks distributed, well, I say distributed, sort of abandoned, seeded, planted VHS tapes with the creepy film on them, right? Yeah. The creepy film within the film. The, the, the murder tape. <laughs> how, how would you refer to this? You're looking at me. Please I help know. me. Um, Samara or Sadako? Sadako's yes, tape. Then. Samara's tape. Because yes. it's the because it's the American Samara's one. Samara's tape. Yeah, with with just that, and then linked to a website, which instead of the website being this is a great new film coming out, it mm. was a website that they'd created about if you've seen this tape, you'll die in seven days, which is genius. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, really genius, <laughs> genuinely. Good work, everyone. Terrifying, and and it was fantastically successful, The Ring, and I think really set in motion this sort of modern trend of remaking remaking in America non-anglophone films. Yeah. Obviously it's been done before since the dawn of yeah, cinema. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the fantastic success of The Ring it really showed brought that new things in. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. And made people look more made filmmakers and studios look more at the product of other languages and Definitely. cultures. And, and I will say like at that time, and particularly after The Matrix coming out, we had an obsession with Japan. Yeah. An absolute obsession with Japan in cinema. And it wasn't just the grudge, the ring. You know, the horror didn't just do it. It yeah. was actually having access to, as you say, yeah, non-anglophone films. Old boy. You know, yeah. like all these things that came out and people just know about Battle Royale. Yeah. All of these things. These are all around stuff, this time. And it's all around a similar time. And I think we were also, and I know certainly I was also brought up on anime and manga being a part of my actual childhood in a way that somebody born like five years before me. Well, that, that's me, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It was not part of my childhood. Nowhere near yet. And it's because it was so everywhere. It had so arrived. Yeah. Here, finally. <laughs> but yeah. shall we end there? Yes, I think I think that is us. This has been a heck of a slog, not going to lie. So we, don't worry if you came away from this with your head reeling we won't be doing another double whammy no it's turns out it's too difficult <laughs> <laughs> uh, was a to mistake. do a comparison one it was a mistake but we said we'd do it and now we have and we never have to do it again i really love the ring and i really love ring mm. so it no no they're, they're two they're two good films but even films that are so close as these are in so many ways yeah. it's very very difficult we've been talking for long enough yeah but that we could have done we could have done separate episodes on both of them quite easily yeah so to get everything in is uh, has been a challenge. a challenge. Yes, but next week. Next week we're looking at Tam Lin, the nineteen yes. seventy film, also known as The Devil's Widow. It's bloody good. It, yeah, which is an adaptation of the folk song. When there can't be many of those around. No, and the it's got Tam Lin. You're in for a real treat if you like Ava Gardner and that one from Lovejoy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, looking quite a tasty dish about 30 years prior to Lovejoy. Yeah, but so clearly him. Um, mm. Ian McShane. He's in um, yes. Deadwood and lots of other more famous things, I'm sure. I think briefly EastEnders. Right. Well, a, a storied career. And <laughs> this film is, is a little more obscure than some of the other ones we covered, but... It is currently on YouTube uh, free. It hasn't been released on home media in the UK. There is a very nice looking North American disc version. So obviously feel free to purchase that. But if you're not in a country in which it is available, of which most of our listeners are not. YouTube. YouTube it. Free. YouTube it and for free. free. And we'll put a link up on our social media channels. Yes, indeedy. Thank you so much for listening. 
good luck out there if you'd like to get in touch with us or we asked any strange questions that you know the answer to please let us know our email address is hauntedpicturepalace at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter at hpppod for sort of occasional updates i've just uh, <laughs> tweeted the odd thing and you can follow us on instagram at haunted underscore picture underscore palace where we put the odd little factoid that we found that didn't make it into the recording and cool behind the scenes photos which should be pretty rad for this one yes actually. and we'll put the, those artists that artist that you mentioned and we'll put some of that up <laughs> we'll put joel, if we're allowed by the instagram gods, oh, we'll me, put yeah. joel peter wickin portrait up and a couple of other bits as well so see you next time don't have nightmares i Bye. still haven't thought of a, a sign off for me for this one you've got don't have nightmares i always have don't have nightmares yeah i know i haven't got one do you jelly yeah Aw, well, pause it. No, I'm just going to extemporize something. You look like a dog learning to swim. (laughs) (laughs) I look like a dog learning to swim. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Yeah, I tried to think of what would be be funny and I was like, well, there was a clown in the cupboard. No, that's not funny at all. I'm sorry, it's broken my brain. I've made you watch too much horror. Too much horror. Um, This is Jam Hot. There you go, we're fine. Oh, sorry, I thought we were doing... Don't be good to me. Can you do the line I can't remember that I looked up for ages? Tank, fly, bus, walk, jam, nitty gritty. You're listening to the boy from the big bad city. This is Jam Ha.